is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. It's down to the wire with, 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 with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. Oh, Petey! On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hello, New York, Long Island, and throughout the country. This is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday and Tuesday. From 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Go to our app, ladies and gentlemen, iOS, which is Apple. All you have to do is put in the search bar, WWSRN, and download our app. You can follow our shows. You can listen to us. You can watch us. You can read our stories. You can do everything and follow what we're going to be doing around the country and throughout Long Island and throughout New York State. And you can go to Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We do have a special guest. We had him yesterday, and we have him today, Mr. Mark Kelly. What's going on, Mark? Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. We have a great show lined up for you guys today. At 6.30, we'll be talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. And at 7.15, we will be talking to Linfield University offensive guard Matthew Metcalf. But... As you know, but but wait a second, Speedy, how are you doing today, man? I've been busy. I've been trying to, everyone's been contacting me. I felt like, I feel like you today. Like everyone from the network is contacting Why me. Why are they contacting you? Uh, Stefan from the Big Guy Sport, or Big Guy, uh, BS Sports Stefan, you mean? Stefan from the BS Sports Stephon. Show. Stefan. Uh, now, what Stephon. is this, Urkel? He calls think, him Stefan. All right, Stefan, yeah, sorry. Stefan from the Big Guy. him Stefan. From mm. the BS Sports Show. They have the show tonight uh, at 9. They were contacting me about uh, something with the screen, the screen sharing on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent him something. Uh, Anthony was contacting me. Anthony who? Anderosi? Anderosi? Yeah, he was contacting me. Well, finally, me. Anthony is alive. Uh, hopefully, he's listening to the show, but... As you guys know, uh, I, I do love working with Anthony Anderosi, and we do have a show lined up for you guys for Caged in MMA, which is something that uh, a lot of people are going to enjoy this Friday because uh, we do argue a lot on the show. But again, <laughs> we're going to have some special guests <laughs> as well. So uh, we have a great show lined up for you on Friday. But uh, I do before we get our special guests, I do want to get into the NHL playoffs. And I we didn't we didn't get into our picks yesterday in the now the round robin and and this is where everything starts to open up the qualifying divisions and the qualifying rounds are just trying for you know getting the players and the teams to qualify to make the the uh, the playoffs. Now we're we're seeing the growth of some of these young teams and some of these great young players. Calgary, we, we talk about. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets are a very young team. The Carolina Hurricanes are a very young team. Even, well, the Chicago Blackhawks are a very veteran team. And so is the Vegas Knights. So mm-hmm. uh, the Islanders are a young team. So uh, before we do our picks, I, I do want to say something. And Tyler Harrison, who was a part of our network, who, who I have a lot of respect for from mm-hmm. the home stretch, mm-hmm. 
I have a tremendous amount of respect of his hockey knowledge. But yesterday, I didn't take a shot at the New York Rangers that they got the number one pick. I'm taking shots at the New York Rangers because the New York Ranger fans are idiots. And what the problem is, is when the Rangers won that lottery, all you saw on social media is, oh, we're going to be a Stanley Cup competitive team. Ah, we're, we're going to be better than the New York Islanders. Ah, we're going to win the Atlantic Division next year. You know, this is the problem right now, or whatever they call it, the Metropolitan Division. I, I call it the Atlantic Division because that's how I remember it. Right, or the Patrick Division. Yes, but I, I look at the facts right now or where the Islanders are and where the Rangers are. The Rangers are light years behind the New York Islanders. Defense wins championships, no matter what the Rangers get. And I saw somebody posting things on YouTube telling me, I don't know what I'm talking about. Tell me right now, Ranger fans. Tell me right now. If you can tell me right now, call the show, 631-965-4990. Tell me right now, where do the Rangers have the opportunity to win a Stanley Cup in the next five years? They have no defensemen. And I don't want to hear DeAndre Miller, because DeAndre Miller, we don't know when he's going to be called up. And they say he's about two or three years away. Okay, this is a 6'4 guy that has problem skating. He's not a great skater. He's got wonderful hands. And defense is probably the most important position when it comes to skating skills. So you need to work on your skating. He needs to work on his skating. So where are the Rangers going as far as a Stanley Cup competitive team? Yeah, it's a tough call because with the Rangers because again they have young players. It just they're all lopsided, and that's that's where you go. They could be the trend of the league and be offensive, but offense doesn't win. We see the Leafs all the time go out in the playoffs. Tampa recently, besides they had the one cup run five years ago where they beat the Rangers, but they have they, they have defense, but they just don't have the physicality. So we see those kinds of teams not win as often. I'm not talking anymore. about offensive defensemen. I'm talking about defensive right. defensemen. Right. You're talking about defensive style of hockey. Yes. That's what's winning in the playoffs That's right what now. wins last, every year. That's what, yeah, like I said yesterday, besides... Tell the, me the last team that won a Stanley Cup that didn't have a good defensive the team. The Penguins. That was the last one. Yeah, I'm the hot goaltender. The, well, that's that's true. I, I forgot about that. Okay, at, before the Penguins. Well, right. Chicago didn't have the greatest defensemen. So Seabrook and Letty. That, that's that's yeah, a good did. defensive pair. And Duncan Keith when not, he was the best defenseman in hockey. Yes. They had a very good defensive team. Uh, I'm but they sorry. didn't play a defensive system. Like, no, they but they, they, they could in the playoffs. Quinville, like Quint, Quinville is, a, is a very well-rounded, defensive-minded coach. He played in the NHL. He, he actually was a head coach in the AHL before he got called up as an NHL coach. Uh, this is a, I don't even want to mention the Chicago Blackhawks. The, the last team was the Pittsburgh Penguins. But besides them, I don't remember the last team that won a Stanley Cup that didn't have a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially but, now. I mean, the Kings were were they were a very they good were defensive. A they, they were, they were they, a very they, good defensive. But team. they were no. They, they were team defense. They were. I'm, they I'm were, talking about like a trapping type New Jersey Devil type. There's system. not many there's defensive more than one teams like to that play anymore. Defense. There's not many defensive teams like that anymore. But that's what I think of when I think of real boring defensive teams that. But well, we didn't say that. We said defensive, defensive structure. Defensive-minding, structured Wait, with, teams. With, defensive, with good defense. 
So what are you no, sticking up? So what are you the sticking up for the Rangers right now? Because because no, no, yesterday what saying, what my saying, argument here is is you don't win Stanley Cups with offense. I, I, you win Stanley Cups with goaltending and defense. I agree. With that, that is the I, argument right here. I it's not about who won the Stanley Cup without a great defensive team. The argument is you need defense. You need goaltending to win. And I'm sorry, the Rangers don't have defense. They might have goaltending, but goaltending you've seen with Henrik Lundqvist over the years, right. even with a great goaltender, a top notch goaltender, they. Have not won. Right. They have. They've always had good goaltending. They have not been able. Number one, I think the Rangers' inability to score goals in the playoffs matters. Now, I don't know why that necessarily is, other than the fact that the game gets tightened up and these guys, if they have weaknesses, get exposed and you can't score goals like you did during the regular season. And you need a big defenseman to lead your power play and to hit people, you know, like Scott Stevens, that type of. Of you know, meant physical mentality. The Rangers aren't a real physical team. Well, that's old time hockey, and I'm not it's trying still, to. It still matters. I'm not trying to compare the Rangers to old time hockey. I'm not, not either. I, I, I understand matters. they won the number one pick, and I know a lot of Ranger fans want to jump for joy and think that they won the Stanley Cup already because they they're going to get this kid Lafleur. Okay, and he looks like a fantastic player. He is not Sidney Crosby. He's not Connor McDavid. He's not even Malkin. Okay, we don't know what he is. He's not a tall man. He's five foot eleven, six foot at best. He's got tremendous skills to the net. And I was talking to Mikey C about this today, and he wanted me to attack Tyler because Tyler says that the Rangers have a better opportunity in the future with the type of players that they have to win a Stanley Cup than the New York Islanders, just like the Beef said yesterday. And to me, the problem with Ranger fans is not only are they a gullible. A uh, bunch of fans, but there are a bunch of fans that really don't understand what it takes to win Stanley Cups. We remember in '94 when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, and everybody keeps talking about how great the team was offensively. That's not why they won the Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup because they had arguably the best defenseman in hockey, mm. and Brian Leach. Yeah, they had Jeff Bukaboom. They had a bunch of hard hitting defensemen. And by the way, their offensive guys, Steve Larmer. Uh, Stefan Matteau, these all were defensive-minded mm-hmm. offensive players. Yeah. The Rangers don't have those type of players on the team. Don't tell me Chris Kreider. Don't tell me Zabitajad. Don't tell me any of those guys. I don't care how good Zabitajad is on the, uh, the penalty kill. He is not an all-around yeah, great those are defensive the only player. Two, even if you want to list those. those they the got, they got McTavish, too. At the yeah, they had a great defensive team. They were on, Esatikinen was a good defensive player, offensive yeah, defensive was. player, too. So they had a, a, a lot of good defensive players. Glenn Anderson. Yeah. yeah, Glenn Anderson. I, I could go up and down. Uh, uh, Sergei Zuboff. Um, oh, yeah, he, was the, the, he was a great defensive player. I, I can, if I go back on um, what, the, what the Rangers had in the 94 season, they were a very well-rounded defensive team. This team, no matter who they draft, even if they don't draft LeFlair as their number one pick, this is a team that is going to struggle defensively for the next four or five years. Now, I understand Ranger fans say, well, we have a good goaltender, and that could take us far. Absolutely can. It's not going to win you a Stanley Cup. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not going to. And the Rangers don't score goals in important parts of the game. They've had problems in the third period. And as much as everybody loves this kid Panarin, go look at Panarin's uh, goal-scoring ability is in the playoffs. It's not very good even with the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, he was a third-line guy with the Blackhawks. It doesn't matter. He wasn't a good offensive player in the playoffs. So even with the Blue Jackets, how many goals did he have? He had two goals that whole that, that whole playoff Tampa series. I think he had yeah, two goals, and that's I think it. he had one in the Bruins series. He didn't do well. The He's not, did well. You're talking about 
You're talking about one of the best, um, unbelievable offensive players in the league at his size and his ability to skate and put the puck in the net with his hand coordination and everything like that. When you have a problem putting the puck in the net in important times of the game, when you're on a power play eight times in one game and you can't score one power play goal, that is a problem. But that's not their biggest problem. Their biggest problem is their defense. So why? And I ask Ranger fans why. Because they're getting the number one pick, why should they go after the offensive player when they should trade out of the pick, draft the best defensive player in the draft in the first round, and then maybe get a top-notch or second-notch defensive player that can solidify their defense moving forward. But the problem is, is the Rangers like that heavy name. They like that superstar guy that everybody thinks is going to be that great of a player and trying to compare his skills to Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, which is, a, which is a joke. You cannot compare a player... To any of those guys. To Wayne Gretzky. These guys are all-time greats. Even Connor McDavid will be an all-time great when he's done. We don't know what LaFleur is going to be. LaFleur, whatever his name is. Lafreniere. Lafreniere, whatever his name is. <laughs> I, I, I can't even pronounce his name. We don't know what he's going to be. We don't know what he's going to be. You're laughing at the name. And you're laughing I'm, at my... I'm uh, laughing my, at how inspired you Well, it, <laughs> here's the insp- inspiration I have for the New York Rangers. The problem with the New York Ranger fans and the inspiration of bringing this up on this show, in the beginning segment of our show, instead of going into another topic, is it bothers me, it irks me, that I'm sitting here on social media, throughout social, and I am not a social media guy. I have never been. When I go on social media, all I can see is, oh, we are, we're winning, we're going to win the Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. We, we just landed one of the best players we've seen come out of the draft in the last five years. No, you haven't. He is not. One of the best players. Now, statistics will show you that in the uh, QHL that he comes from, mm-hmm. he, in the last two seasons, there's only one player besides him that had back-to-back MVP seasons in that division. That's Sidney Crosby. Does that mean he's Sidney Crosby? No, it does not. And that is the problem with Ranger fans. Yeah, Sidney Crosby was a once-in-a-generation prospect. You had him and McDavid kind of at that level right at the same time. We have not seen anything like that. Even Hughes and Kako last year, everyone was saying they were in that level. That oh, my God. They're Capo not in Kako. that level. They're not in that level of what Crosby and McDavid were thought of as prospects. Those were the can't-miss guys. Lafreniere's a very good one for sure. And, again, better than maybe some in recent draft, uh, not recent drafts, drafts this decade maybe, but – not in terms of in comparison to Hughes and Kako, and even not in comparison to Austin Matthews and Patrick Line and guys like that from the 16 draft. And I'm not taking shots at the New York Rangers organization, even though I can't stand the organization. But I look at JD, uh, John Davidson, and I call him JD because that's what everybody called him when he was an analyst with uh, Sam Rosen over the years, and that was when I was a Ranger fan growing up. And I look at J- JD and, and look at... His understanding of how to build a team. He built championship teams. He wasn't the GM of those championship teams. He built the St. Louis Blues. Then he left St. Louis and went to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the St. Louis Blues won. Now he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets for, what, seven, six years? Yeah. Uh, he developed players. He drafted players. He brought in players. He left, and the Blue Jackets became even a better team. Now, I'm not saying JD's not going to be a good GM. I'm not saying that he's not going to help develop some of these players. But again, if JD was a smart guy right now, and with all the offensive players that they have, especially when you look at Zabitijap Panarin and now Capocacco, which everybody says is going to be a fantastic offensive player, especially Ranger fans who think he's going to be a 40-goal scorer uh, in the near future, which I think they're on drugs. Um, 
they they don't need offense. They've been in amongst the league's top ten offensive teams in the last five six years. They don't need offense. They need defense. How many times do I have to repeat myself over and over and over again? Defense wins championships. That's all I'm going to say on this. I want to take it off. And I, I will say this to Tyler. Tyler, before you attack what I say on, on our radio shows, maybe you should call up and argue your points before you state anything. Because when you state something, you're not stating factual, uh, your factual things. You're stating your opinion. And your opinions sometimes are all over the place. And what you said last night is it, it, it's only irking somebody that's going to be coming into studio next week who is going to be very excited to take shots at you and what you think about the New York Islanders organization to the New York Rangers organization. And I will not mention names. You will be surprised on Monday of next week. He will be joining us, and I'm sure he's going to have a nice segment for all of you guys to hear his take when it comes to the New York Islanders and the New York Rangers. Now let's, we got about 10 minutes before we have uh, linebacker recruit Patrick Turner on the show. So why don't we go through our picks in this round. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Mark, All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. We'll start in the Eastern Conference. We'll start with the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. Mark? Uh, I think Carolina's been one of those teams you talk about, but defensive-minded. They're big and they're strong and they're physical. And I think Boston, for some reason, Boston didn't seem ready to play. Now, it could have been just because they they felt like the qualifying round for seeding wasn't worth it and they were just kind of laying and wait until they got to the playoffs. But I like Carolina to win. Yeah, I'm going to take Carolina as well. I think the offensive depth for Carolina, I think you'll be too much. I mean, it's a lot of the same from last year that the Bruins beat. But again, I think the Hurricanes can make their adjustments too. They're a better team than they were last year. And Ajo's played really well. Yes, so he has. Far. So I'm going to take the Hurricanes in six. It's a, it's, it's a good argument. Boston really hasn't clicked so far. They played a couple of games to qualify on where their seating is going to be. Carolina looks like they're the real deal. I think Carolina getting knocked out by Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals really pissed them off. I think Rob Brindamore, this team is a lot better than they were last year, a lot more healthier. I think they're, they're a good offensive team, very well-rounded team, defensively especially. I think they're definitely capable of knocking off the Boston Bruins, even though Mikey says they're the, best, the most talented team going into the playoffs, the Boston Bruins, all in all, especially their defensive pairing. I beg to differ. I take Carolina in this series in seven. Uh, four games to three. All right. Islanders and Capitals, Mark. I think the Islanders' defensive system is geared to win right now. You've seen how well they played when the season started. They've gotten off to a good start so far in the postseason. They know the Capitals very well, so does Trotz. And I think it depends. Nelson and uh, uh, Bavillier, they've had a, a big postseason so far. And if they continue to play well... Lee needs to wake I, up. I think, the, yeah, he does. He hasn't played well. But I think those two have played well enough for the Islanders to win. They continue to play that way. The Islanders are winning six. All right. I'm going to take the Islanders as well. I'm going to take them in seven. Uh, Trotz's familiarity, obviously, is going to be the biggest key in that. And also, Braden Holtby had a down year. Let's not forget about that. He's not the same as he was the last six, seven years when he was the best, one of the best goalies in the league. So if they have to go to Samsonov, is he going to be ready? That's going to be a big unknown. He won't. And I don't think their offensive depth has been as good this year either in comparison to... I mean, the Islanders don't have it either, but in comparison to what it takes to beat the Islanders. So I'm going to take the Islanders as well in seven. It's a good question. Everybody knows that I'm an Islander fan, and I can argue my points on where the Islanders are going to go in this playoff. And if they get over the hump against Washington, I think they could be a very dangerous team moving on to the semifinals. 
But I think the Islanders have the ability to defend the Ovechkin line. I think Pulak and Pelik are healthy. Getting Pelik back is a completely different Islander team. They're very aggressive defensively. Uh, they're they move the puck very very well and Bolivier, Bolivier, whatever his name is, he has an amazing ability of getting to, uh, getting to the net. So I like what what I've seen with the Islanders so far and. Uh, I like Pajot. I think he's shown everybody that why the Islanders made that trade, why they gave up a first-round draft pick and a third or fourth-round draft pick in this year's draft, because they believe that this kid can help them win Stanley Cups and win Stanley Cups in the near future. This is still a very young kid, so I'm going to take the Islanders in six games, four games. Uh, I mean, uh, three. Uh, I'm sorry, four games to two. All right, what's going on right now in overtime? Columbus and Tampa. Mark, does Tampa get revenge, or are you going Columbus? It's hard to look at the regular season matchups. Tampa's really dominated them, and then they got swept in the first round last year after getting up to three-goal lead in Game 1. I like the way Columbus plays physical, and like we said, it matters in the playoffs. Tampa's very good. It's hard to imagine them not winning, but I think this, going, this series goes the distance this time, and Columbus wins at 7. I agree. I'm taking Columbus again, too. This defensive system has been phenomenal. They're one of the luckiest teams in terms of the teams benefiting from the hiatus. They get Seth Jones back, who was originally thought to be out for the season. He played fantastic against Toronto, and I think it continues over. I'm going to take the Blue Jackets in 6. Ah, the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets, Tampa. Hmm. Tampa are probably the most talented team going into the playoffs in my eyes. They have the defense. They have the goaltending. Uh, they have one of the best goaltenders in the league for the last six or seven years. He's been uh, up for the Venziana Trophy for, I don't know, for the last three or four years. Uh, they have a great offensive. Uh, they have great offensive lines. Stamkos isn't playing this series. Hedman is not playing in this series. Uh, it will affect them defensively and offensively, especially uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets team that is very aggressive, like moving the puck up and down the you know the ice, and and they love using the defensemen in the open uh, open uh, ice. So I'm going to take Columbus in this game uh, in this series, uh, four games to three. I think it will go seven games. I do believe Tampa has a chance to win this series because of their speed. But all in all, I think because of the hard-hitting and the Columbus Blue Jackets of what they do and how they play defense all throughout the, throughout the game, I'm going to take Columbus. Hey, well, one more thing about, about that series against Toronto. They blew a three-goal lead in Game 4 late, Columbus, and they came back and they won Game 5 by shutting them out. So that shows they're a little tough mentally, more tough mentally than I thought they would be. All right, last one of the East Flyers and Canadians. Well, we got to move because we got a special right. guest. Go ahead. I like, the, I like the Flyers winning in five. Yeah, I'm going to take the Flyers in six. I think Carey Price could steal some. I've got an upset. Ooh. I got the Montreal Canadiens winning this series. Carey Price is the reason why. I think they have the ability to move the puck, and they have a lot of speed. Montreal has a lot of speed, and I think they're a, they're a very underrated team in this playoffs. They're my surprise team in the playoffs. I think the Montreal Canadiens get out of the first, get out of this round. I say Montreal wins the series four games to two. All right, go on to the West. Blues Canucks. Uh, it's hard to pick against the Blues. They were the best team in the West. They've, they've been the best team for a number of years. They just hadn't been able to get over their hump in the playoffs. I like the Blues in five. I like the Blues in five, too. I think they're just they're too big for a smaller Vancouver team. I like the Blues. Uh, they're the champions. And even though their goaltender has not played very, very well in the, qualify, you know, the qualifying and seeding, I didn't think he played very, very well. I think they're still the better defensive team, even though I think Vancouver is a fantastic young team. I take St. Louis in this series, four games to two. Flames and Stars. I like Calgary's ability to score on a power play. They're a better offensive team than Dallas, 
and I, I think they'll win at six. I agree with you. I, have, I think they have more depth than Dallas, too. Dallas has become very top-heavy. Battle of interim coaches kind of cancels out. I'll take the Flames as well in the upset in six. I got Calgary. I think Calgary is the faster team, the better team, uh, the more depthful team. I, I'm not a big Dallas fan. I, I Dallas has a bunch of players that have the ability to put the puck in the net, but in the playoffs, they just can't find the net. And uh, uh, that's why I think Calgary will win the game and win the series. Calgary wins the series four games to three. Avalanche Coyotes. I think the Avalanche are the best team in the West. I think they're the fastest team in hockey. I think they got good goaltending. And I, I think it's their time. I think they win the series, and, and if not four or five games. Colorado was my pick at the start of the year. I'll stick with it. Uh, they were my pick to actually to win the whole thing. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, abs in five. I have an upset. Okay. I, I, I think Phoenix is going to win. I think they played very, very well in the qualifying rounds. I think, I, I think they have the ability to do the things that a lot of people don't think they can do. I think they're going to knock off Colorado. I, I, know, I just don't think Colorado is ready yet. To Good make point. that run, Good you know, point. so so, and I think they're missing a couple of pieces. I think Arizona will surprise the world, and Arizona will knock off Colorado four games to three. All right, last one: Vegas and Chicago. I think you look at how Vegas dominated them so far. They played nine times in their history. Vegas has won eight of them. I like that to continue the way they played defensively uh, with Florian Net too. I think they're gonna, you know, I think Chicago got. I didn't get lucky, but uh, they just had a a goal-scoring spree against Edmonton, and I think they won't be able to do that against Vegas. I'm not crazy about Vegas as a one seed, but I do think they do end up winning this series. I think if it does go to seven, I'll take Chicago. I think it'll be close throughout. Two good playoff goals. Iffy playoff goalie, so I think it'll be a higher scoring series. I'll take Vegas in six, though, a little more physical. I got Vegas. I have Vegas going to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think they're the best Uh, Western Conference team. They've got the ability to do a lot of things, not only on the power play. They got offense, they got defense, and they got great goaltending. And they should have won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. I think they have the opportunity to win a Stanley Cup this year. I'm taking Vegas in this series four games to two. Uh And those are our round robin picks in the. How do, what do you call this? The conference games? First round. The first round. I, I would call it con- well. I call it conference semifinals, championship, and then the you know the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. So I would say the conference game. So those are our picks for the conference game. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner here on Down to the Wire. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to Down to, to the, the wire, wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Six three one nine six five four nine nine zero is the number. As you know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday and Tuesday from six p.m. to eight p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at six three one nine six five four nine nine zero. And remember. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Wow. A little hot day today. Humid. Disgusting out here in Long Island. I oh, uh, feel like I'm in a human piss pot. But oh, nevertheless, uh, we're here at the studios of the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And uh, we have a very special guest joining us, as you know. Uh, we are now talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Why wouldn't we have you, man? I mean, you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, uh, you're, you're now playing for uh, a Navy school that needs to beat Army, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't or- know if we're going to have a Navy-Army game this year, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you play, my friend. Well, yeah, I'm hoping I can see myself play, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before we uh, before we uh, came back from break, you wanted to talk a little hockey, and I I I, I think you're a Dallas Star fan. I, I, am I right? Yeah, yeah, I am a huge Dallas Star fan. Um, I just want to get your take on uh, your pick on Calgary. I know that um, we haven't really proved ourselves in the playoffs, but I think we're going to be a um, very explosive team in the playoffs. You know, we got Kudobin, Bishop. You know, I think we have. Really good defenseman, like you were saying. You're right. a big defensive guy. So yes. you got uh, Heiskanen, Klingberg, Fosca. I think we were a really defensive team. I think we can win it. Well, you, you're seeing them right now. They're down 2 nothing against Calgary. And, and I, I, again, I don't think Dallas is a bad team. I think they're a very young team in certain uh, positions. I... I question their goaltending. Uh, this has been a problem for them for the last couple of years. Uh, they did add Bishop over, you know, in the last couple of years. Came from Tampa, um, I, and I think he's a very good playoff goaltender. I, I just look at this team, Dallas as a whole. Uh, I don't think they're fast enough to compete with a team like Calgary. I think they're very fast, and Calgary had they put up, they put a lot of pressure. Uh, especially in a neutral zone. So I, I, I want to see what Dallas can do in a neutral zone. You could see in this game right now they're having problems putting the puck in the net. And, and that, I think, is going to be a huge problem against the Calgary Flames because they're very fast. Their depth is also concerning, too, against a team that has a lot of defensive depth in the Flames and a team that has some good young players, too, with the, with the offense as well. The problem with the Flames has always been their goaltending. So if they can shell the goalie, that's a different story. But they've got to get past that defense, too. And Dallas, as you've probably watched throughout the year, they're kind of more top-heavy than they should be off. Offensively, they also closed the regular season pretty bad. I mean, they won one of their last eight games, and that includes you know they lost two of the three qualifying games in the in the qualifying round too. So they haven't really played well lately, and their power play has been non-existent. But they've also you're talking about of, who Calgary? Uh, I'm talking about Dallas. Okay, they've also allowed a lot of power play goals too recently. That, yeah, as a fan, it's been frustrating to watch. Well, I'll tell you this. Dallas should be very proud of themselves because I don't think anybody thought that Dallas was going to have the season they had this year. I was very impressed with them. They have a lot of good young players. I was in Dallas two years ago at the NA, uh, the NHL draft, working the press area. I got to see their beautiful stadium over there. It's a lot bigger than people think it is. And the way they... Uh, the way the executive, the way they uh, they held the the NHL draft over there, I was very impressed on what they did in Dallas. But I also think about this team and uh, some of the weaknesses a part of this team. The goaltending is still a weakness that they have. Uh, I, I know a lot of people love Bishop, and and Bishop has been a quality goalie in the playoffs. He gives up a lot of bad goals, a lot of bad goals. I remember in Tampa. When he played for Tampa, how many goal, how many bad goals he gave in the Eastern Conference Finals, and even when he went to the Stanley Cup Finals, he gave up a lot of bad goals. So uh, this is a huge problem, and 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 right now they're down two to nothing. And I I, I haven't had the opportunity to watch the whole uh, you know the first period. Uh, after the show, I'll probably tune in and see how the goals went in, and I'll I'll be the judge on where Bishop is. But this is a huge problem Dallas has. So I I, I still think Dallas can make this a series. It could go seven games. I just think Calgary's the better team. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're 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 from Boston, so I, I'm I'm predicting you're a Patriot fan. Am I right? No, no. Actually, uh, I have family in Wisconsin, so we're huge Packers fans. Okay, so I, I like you already. We have a show. We have a show that's from Cincinnati. That, uh, one of their hosts is a Packers fan as well. Yes. Uh, the wise guys. Uh, you like you like what he has to say about Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I love 
I love what the pa- the Packers did moving up and getting the young quarterback. I, I really do. I like Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is going to be a special player. I think he's another Aaron Rodgers. I think he has the ability to be that. Uh, I think they need to develop him. I think they need to give him a little bit more time to figure things out in the speed of the game of the NFL. But I, I really think, uh, as much as everybody was so pissed off that they moved up only four or five spots and gave up a significant amount to get to that spot. They gave up another first-round draft pick, right? No. Oh, what did they give up? A I second? think they gave up two-thirds. Two-thirds. They, a lot of people thought they gave up too much to move up four or five spots. I do not believe they did because I think there's a lot of other teams, a.k.a. the New England Patriots, that were very interested in Jordan Love. So um, I like Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback in the league when he uh, gets his feet wet in the NFL. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think they had a good draft, but... Getting Jordan Love really could, could really solidify their draft uh, in in 2019. So, yeah, I was a little surprised by that pick too. And then I went and watched his highlights, and it was pretty impressive. He looks like another Aaron Rodgers, but at the time I was a little upset because we needed another weapon because Devontae Adams got injured during the year. But as soon as he got injured, we actually went on like a little um, winning streak for a little while. But I, I like Jordan Love too. I love I him. I, I love him. I said it. <laughs> nice. I, I said it. I said it when when I saw the Packers move up. What did I tell you, Speedy? You did. No, I was shocked too. And whenever that when that happened, when but I saw Jordan, they are, they are a good quarterback franchise, so they must know yeah. something. <laughs> when I saw the Packers move up the way they did, I said that's Jordan Love. I I knew it, and I know Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is you know I love Aaron. I stick up for Aaron. I think he to me in the last six last two years it's Patrick Mahomes, but before that Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the NFL for six years. Nobody can argue that. The guy really changed the game. Mobile-wise, offensive-wise, he, he's a completely different player when, when he is 100%. But over the last couple of years, when you see the, the, the difference of what the Packers are, they've become more of a defensive team than they are of an offensive team. So, in, especially last year, they were a better defensive team than we've seen in a very long time. They had so, a lot of problems stopping the run, though. Yes, they, they did. To... They did. But I think they added some good defensive uh, uh, off-season uh, acquisitions. So I, I think they're going to be a lot better this year defensively, especially in the run stopping. But uh, why don't we get into your career, man? And uh, uh, you chose Navy. Now, when Navy came to recruit you and sat down and they talked to you, your family, what drove you to decide to go to Navy out of all the other schools that were interested in, in recruiting you? You know, they just they came to me with great interest, and it just seemed like they really wanted me. And being recruited by a lot of schools, you know, that's one thing that I was really looking for, you know, a school that really wants me just for a person, not just as a player, but, you know, as a player also, they they fit everything I wanted to, you know, in the school also. Like, they're, they're a great football program as well as a very high academic program, you know, just the perfect blend of um, academic, athletic. So I think it's going to be a really good fit for me. Is there a military history in your family? Did that is that something that swayed you to go to Navy? And if so, again, what are some of the stories maybe you could tell about uh, those relatives if you do have them? Yeah, that's actually it's actually uh, quite interesting. I never thought I'd be going this route, but when I looked at what Navy offered, you know, it checked all my boxes. It, like it was the perfect school for me, and the only sacrifice I had to make was doing military. And for me, that's a sacrifice I was willing to make. As you guys know, we are talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. Now, the linebacker position is a very interesting position, the inside, the outside. 
What made you decide growing up to be a linebacker? Now you're a pretty big guy. I, I'm looking at your size. Uh, you're about six, six foot two, six foot three. Um, you're what? Two hundred and thirty pounds? Two hundred and twenty-five pounds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a big kid. What made you decide to be a linebacker? Besides uh, uh, choosing that for maybe being a strong safety or um, possibly being a defensive end, what made you become a linebacker? Uh. <laughs> I, they kind of just told I one day I asked my coach what I should play, and he just like he went and said go to outside linebacker. So my um, seventh grade through eighth grade year, I played outside linebacker, and a little bit into my freshman. And then one of my head coaches came up to say, "Hey, you're the biggest guy we have for the insides. So we're going to move you inside." And that was my sophomore year. And really, what happened was the guys above me got hurt. So that what's made me move into the starting position my sophomore year, and that was the year we won state. So I've just I've just now been the guy ever since. In terms of the versatility of the position, what it requires, a lot of different skill sets involved with having to be a middle linebacker, especially now where you're seeing a lot of faster guys, not necessarily bulk guys anymore. Guys like like Deion Jones and Levante David, guys like that. They're more faster types. So what do you think is the, your best aspect of playing the position as well as your favorite aspect of playing the position, just being so well-rounded? Well, my, my favorite position is stuffing linebacker stuff. Sorry, stuffing running back in the holes for loss and TFLs. <laughs> but I really had to develop my agility and speed just to keep up with those guys. So you know, I work with a trainer two times a week at the track, getting my forty time down. You know, being as quick as possible. I've had to shed some weight just to keep up with these guys. So you know, that's the biggest part for me is be able to move side on signing just as fast or faster than some of these guys. So, I mean. That's the best part for me. I don't like to run very much. No, so. I, hey, listen, nobody likes to run. I don't like to run, but sometimes I, I, I run just to try to get somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Especially to the bathroom when we really have to go. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. Now, Patrick, the inside linebacker position is a very interesting position because, to me, I think that's the quarterback of the defense. He's the one that sees the audibles, calls the audibles, helps out with the secondary, especially for the safeties to see uh, the positioning on how they're going to bring up the wide receivers. Are they spreading out the wide receivers? Are they bringing up? Are they bringing in two linebackers? And you know that the the inside linebacker is the one that has to stop stop the run. That's the most important part of the inside linebacker and what he is supposed to do. Now, when you look at yourself as a leader, especially playing high school ball and now going to Navy, do you see yourself as a guy where Navy is going to depend on leadership or be a, another guy in the locker room? Um, well, you know, Navy breeds leadership, so I'm definitely going to try to be one of those leadership roles. Um, I'm, I'm already a leadership at my own school. I've, I've, I've uh, considered myself a born leader. I'm a captain of the high school football team and baseball team, so I'm going to try to take up a leadership role especially this year and at Navy. Oh, so you're another Kyler Murray. Is that what we're talking about over I, here? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> well, what sport are you the best at? Are, are you better at baseball than you are at football? Um, you know, for the longest time, I thought I was going to go play D1 baseball. I got an offer for, from Purdue wow. mm. my sophomore year, but I turned it down because I fell in love with football after we um, – we we had one state that summer. I went and played baseball and got the offer, but I just fell in love with football and I declined the offer. I was like, no, I'm going the football route. So now I'm here and I'm so thankful. You know what we'll call you? This is what we'll call you. We'll call you Patrick Bo Turner. Okay. <laughs> you know you know why we call you Bo, right? 
Yeah, Bo Jackson. That's right. That's exactly why. Bo Jackson was a running back, but uh, yeah, you're a big dude. Bo Jackson was a pretty big dude too. So yeah, that's uh, funny because actually my sister played tennis at Auburn. So there's there's a little connection there too. I see. <laughs> wow, that's coincidental. Damn. Yeah. So now that we're on the topic of dual threats, uh, dual, dual threats, dual sport athletes, can you see that kind of thing? Obviously, you committed to football already, but can you see that kind of thing coming back and being a trend? Because, like Errol was saying, it became a big trend in the '80s with Bo Jackson, with Deion Sanders, even to a lo- lower extent with somebody like Brian Jordan, who played for the Braves. How about Dave Winfield? Dave, Dave Winfield, Winfield right. was drafted, but not one, not two sports, three sports: right. basketball, football, and uh, baseball. So now, again, we're seeing a lot of coaches now. They want players to specialize, especially at a younger age with youth sports. Could you see that trend possibly coming back anytime soon? And how far into the future do you think if you do? You know, I think college coaches will always see that two sports, like if you play two sports, you're so much more attractive because you have so many more movements like that you're used to and so many more like experiences that you're used to. I think just playing two sports, playing as many sports as possible, or is is a lot better because they like that um, that you can you can do multiple things, you can be very versatile, you can be a lot, you can be a competitor in both sports. So I think they're going to stay with the two sport aspect. But when you get to college, they're going to want you to play one sport. So unless you're just crazy about that, good competition, my friend. That's what people want to see. I, I was a big time athlete too, playing hockey, and I played multiple sports. I was an all state runner. And I know I, I was a very competitive person. No matter what I played, I always wanted to win. And I, I showed that to scouts. I showed that. I was so aggressive when I was on the ice. I, I looked like I would be in one place, and then you'd see me on the other bench screaming at the other team. So I always made sure that I, I, I made the scouts see me no matter where I was, including coming from the locker room, going to the bathroom, and stepping back on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. Are you ready? Are you ready over there? Mm-hmm. All right. So go ahead. Hey, Patrick. It's Mark Kelly. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So I see you come from Texas in one of the most successful high school programs down there. You, had, you were recruited at like Arizona, Syracuse, but you chose Navy. Do you think that uh, being a, a big part of Texas and how huge high school football is, do you see it as maybe uh, – something less when you go to Navy because maybe it's not as big as it is down there or is it something that you're still uh, looking forward to and think that you can bring that type of environment that you brought in high school? Well, you know, Texas high school football is a, is a different thing. It's it's basically like a miniature college. So I think going to Navy, it's going to be just as big an atmosphere, but um, man, Texas high school football is a different breed. So uh, it'll be interesting. Well, I, I watched a lot of movies and uh, Friday Night Lights. Everybody remembers that. And uh, Texas football is on a whole nother level. I mean, that's high school football, really college football, because you know Texas people. What do they do every Friday night? They go and watch football. It doesn't matter who it is or how much you're a big football fan. The whole family gets up and goes and watch a football game, and, yeah. and they pack out the stadium. So. I absolutely believe it. It's a completely different ball game when you go over there to Texas and you play high school ball. Mm-hmm. But it kind of gives you the understanding on what it takes to win and play in front of a bunch of fans. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Well, at our state championship game uh, two years ago when I played, there was 48,000 wow. people there. I believe it. At AT&T. Wow. I believe yeah. it. 
I believe it. High school football is another breed over there in Texas. And I actually, what I really want to do one year is I want to go out to a couple of high schools over there and get the opportunity to go out there and, and watch a live high school football game uh, in front of the fans and interview some of the kids and, and, and get to see the fans and how crazy they are out there. Because I've heard so many stories. I've had friends, big time for, uh, football uh, friends that actually moved down to Texas because uh, their parents moved them down to Texas because they wanted them to play for this particular high school because they're, they were very known for NFL players going to those high schools and collegiate Division One players coming from those high schools. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Texas football is very, very different. As you guys know, we are talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. Now, Patrick, when you look at the big picture right now, and you're, you're going to Navy, obviously for the academics, obviously uh, to uh, get your uh, education, do you see yourself in the future playing professional football at any level? Yeah, I see it as a possibility. It's it's a very slim chance. A lot of hard work has to go into it, but I think it's a definitely a possibility. Now you're going to Navy. Now you're embracing. You're going to be embracing one of the most oldest and most unique rivalries with the Army Navy game. It's on every year, nationally televised. Definitely one of the most unique because they hardly ever pass in that. I'm sure you've seen it a lot. They run pretty yep. much every time. Navy usually wins all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Navy, yeah. had a, Navy had a big winning streak for a while, and they have different styles. Navy's more of an exotic running type, whereas Army's more of the traditional old-school power type. So what is the most... Where, where do you think it ranks among college football rivalries, and what, what do you think your experience will be like playing in one of those kinds of games when you do? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big rivalry, but I think it's going to be one heck of an experience being playing in that game and being in that stadium. It's going to be something to tell my kids. Patrick, you also talked about when you're being recruited about the commitment you have to make to military service after graduation. How did, how did you come to peace with that? Um, I came to peace with that by just really doing my research and kind of seeing what options were available to um, when I do go to there. You know, I never saw myself going to be a Marine. I know that was never my plan. I never even thought I'd be in this situation where I'm going to a military academy. But I, I saw it as an opportunity to be like, hey, like, this is a really cool experience that some people won't be able to say that they've done. So, you know, it's only for five years. It's such a short amount of time in my life. So I'm going to embrace it and just make the most out of it. What does your parents say about that? They, they, they're excited about it. You know, they think Navy is a great school for me. It's going to be a lot of people like me, hardworking, focused. Um, the only one I really had to convince was my mom because she thought mm-hmm. I was going to go be a Marine. She didn't want me to go fight mm-hmm. over yeah. in Afghanistan somewhere. But I told her, I was like, no, I'm just going to go try to work in an NBC or something, be an assistant <laughs> mm-hmm. somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, during the summers, um, I talked to some of the players there, and they were like, hey, like, you might have to go spend two weeks on a destroyer in San Diego. And I was like, hey, that sounds like, that sounds like a blast. San Diego's know? beautiful, so you'll love it over yeah. there. The women are over there beautiful, too, so you'll, you'll love it. I'll go catch a Sharks game. <laughs> Pat, Patrick, my brother was, uh, was in the Navy. Now, he, wasn't, he didn't go to the military academy, but he was in the Navy in the late 70s. He can wind up getting stationed in Guam. So you know, he, he has mountains of stories of, of things that he did with the Navy, but also people kind of think of it, well, if you go to the Navy, you're just uh, going to be involved in a ship or something. There's so many more opportunities available. Why don't you tell us more about that? Yeah. So when I was talking to some of my recruiting coordinators, you, know, you can be, you mean, obviously you can go into 
Marines. And that's, I mean, I'm not saying that's low, but I'm on a spectrum. I'm saying that's probably base one. And then you can go all the way up to, you know, training for naval attache or, you know, submarines or destroyers or even working in an embassy. So that's what I want to do. I want to go international, try to work in an embassy somewhere for like the JAG attorney or there something. There you go, be a JAG. Yeah. You want to fly an airplane. That's what you want to do. Uh, a jet. That I've I've been told stories. That is an, impossible to become a, one of those um, Blue Angels. It's it's the top of the top class. Like it's it's like. Oh, don't say don't say it's hard, man. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. As you know, you went to, you're going to Navy. Out of all the schools that were recruiting you, you picked Navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite aspect of what you've done so far? Yeah, smacking with... you in the back of the head. That's what his favorite aspect. I'm sure is. that wasn't a part <laughs> of his training, but okay. <laughs> with the training that's involved in the naval program, whether it's with the embassy stuff that you were mentioning or physical training or intelligence training, something like that. Do you have a favorite aspect of it so far? I know you're aspiring. You said you were aspiring to be an embassy member. Obviously, you're younger, so you probably haven't been in the most advanced stages of that yet, too. Do you have a favorite part of what you've learned so far and how it's helped you grow? Um, my favorite part would probably be during my initi- initiation summer where they teach us how to sail and shoot AR-15s. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And Patrick, with, with today's political environment being so, uh, you know, people attacking each other all the time, how would you address that? How would you bring more people together uh, towards uh, you know, kind of getting along much better than we have with this identity politics that's been uh, infiltrating us in the last like seven, eight years? Um, you know, that, uh, that question might be a little bit above my head. You don't have to answer. Treat everyone with respect. You know, be colorblind, be be respectful to everybody, and just let's all just get along. You know, there's there's no differences between anybody here. We're all just hardworking, trying to make a living, trying to, like, support our families and stuff. So there there's no difference between any of us. Well, if we have to sacrifice somebody, we'll sacrifice Speedy over here. You know, we'll time to a tree. <laughs> well, uh, and, and everybody in every single country could take swings at him. What do you think about that? That, that sounds like a great idea. I do, too. I mean, why why attack and kill innocent people when we could just kill an innocent person like this one? See, they have much more advanced weaponry to do that. Why would they need to use a baseball bat? <laughs> well, it takes a lot of aggression out, and I, I would take my aggression out. And so will half the countries, Afghanistan and everybody. If I know I'm going to die, I, everybody. I'd much rather get killed with a weapon I never heard of. <laughs> well, well, when you do that, let me know. I'll come be your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. As you know, we are talking to Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner. Now, Patrick, uh, we like to go off topic, and we like to have fun with some of the athletes, and and we like to have fun, you know, make you laugh. So uh, we're going to ask you some silly questions. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question number one for Mr. Turner. Boxers or briefs, and why? Um, yikes. I don't know. Probably, I have like two pairs of boxers, so I'm going to say briefs. There we go. Probably because I get bad swamp butt when I'm practicing, so... <laughs> I'm going to say briefs. You know, I, I I would say briefs, too, because I have a problem for, you know, my package, like, sticking to the inside of my leg, you know, so. <laughs> All right, uh, that's, that's too much a, information. You know, so, you know, briefs kind of hold it into place, so I, I like that. Question number two, favorite snack to munch on before a game? Shoot. Oh, my God. These hard questions. Um, probably going to have to go with the classic Wingstop. Oh, you know, what? Get, uh, you don't have gas after that? 
Sorry? You don't have gas after that? Yeah, well, I don't smell. It's the running back on the ground. <laughs> what's, your fa- what's your favorite type of wing sauce? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get a spicy flavor, too, just so it smells extra mm-hmm. bad. But, um... don't, don't tell your Navy coach. <laughs> Patrick, do you have a favorite? That's your secret. Patrick, do you have a favorite type of wing sauce? I'm probably going to go lemon pepper or Ooh, like lemon pepper. spicy Korean. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's very spicy. You like spicy things. Speaking yeah, so of speaking I of spicy, so. speaking of spicy, uh, question number three: blondes or brunettes, and why? God, this question's a little. <laughs> was that was a political oh, question? Oh, easier. <laughs> no, probably, probably blondes. Why know, blondes? Do you have a blonde girlfriend? I don't. I don't. Oh, so do you have a girlfriend? I don't. Look at Ooh. that, man. Six foot three, 230 pounds, not going a bad Navy, guy. Too. And he's going to Navy. I'm telling you, you're going to meet a lot of women over there, man. You're going to love that place. You're <laughs> going to love that place. Question number four. If you were to take a swing at somebody, what would you use? A hockey stick, a baseball bat, or your hand? <laughs> Probably my hand because it would look cool after and I can show the girls and get a blonde girlfriend. <laughs> but, uh, it hurt a lot, so maybe a baseball bat. Baseball bat or hand. I don't really have many hockey sticks. <laughs> well, you're a hockey fan. You wanted to talk about Dallas. Yeah, well, I like watching hockey, but I don't like hurting people with hockey sticks. Probably <laughs> uh, that's, true. that's true. That's true. But... What? Okay, question number five. What was the most damaging thing you did to your body playing a sport? Funny or not funny? Uh, I don't really have any funny ones, but um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> but uh, I probably got a concussion playing. I got a concussion playing baseball where I ran into my shortstop. <laughs> oh my he was God. running out. I was running in. Just bam! Wow. Or right, at least you're not Kendry Morales and injured himself in a walk-off celebration and tore his ACL. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny about that one is though, I did not know I had it. So I was on my phone the whole night, <laughs> and I was watching TV the whole night. In the middle of the night, I get a throbbing headache, Ooh. migraine. Oh, man. I'm driving to the hospital at like 4 in the morning in Houston. It's just worst night of my life. Mm. Well, I've had concussions before. I played a lot of that. I had hockey, hockey, five hockey concussions over the my high school career and my junior career. It was uh, It's not fun having one of those. I have to stay in a dark room. I couldn't yeah. close my eyes. Uh, I sometimes saw two instead of one. It, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's well, terrible. the worst thing that's ever happened to me was I was in a hockey game, and I during the game, the goaltender got hurt, and we didn't have a backup goalie because he was hurt. So I had to step in the net, and I forgot to put on my cup. Now, I will say this. I uh, When I played hockey, and they, the coaches usually tell you, uh, always wear your cup. Well, I always thought that wearing a, a jock strap always, you know, rubbed the inner part of my leg and hurt me in so many different ways at once. So I said, you know what? I, nobody's going to hit me there. I'm never. I'm not going to stop and block a shot. So, you know, if I do, I'm going to put my my legs in front of it. I'm not going to put my uh, private areas in front of it. Well, I completely forgot that I wasn't wearing a cup, and uh, a shot came from the point in a power play 
in a screen, and it hit me right there. Mm. And not only did I see stars, I saw little birdies flying around in my head. <laughs> and I, I was like, Tweety little Tweety birds. I'm not even lying to you. I was laying there. That The referee thought I was dead. He said, where did you get hit? Where did you get hit? I got hit in my smacker. He says, where the hell is your <laughs> smacker? Mm-hmm. I said, between my legs. You want to see it? And I, that was it. That was the only thing. I had to be practically carried off the ice. Uh, and we had no goaltender for the last two minutes of the game. We still won that game, by the way. Uh, so, anyways, Patrick, before we let you go, okay, I, I want to know your honest opinion here. If And I, I don't know if you've seen a picture of Mark, and if you've seen a picture of Speedy, or you've seen a picture of me. Okay, well, you see us now. If you were to go out on a double date, who would you take on that double date? Would it be Speedy, me, or Mr. Mark? Uh, that's not putting him on the spot, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think I was gonna get these these kind of questions. Come on, like, man, like, you can answer it. Bell player, who's? What, why am I gonna? But um, you, you probably got... Kyle, just because he called me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss on every every one of those questions. Well, so. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to teach I'll him a couple lose. of things before you take him on a date, like uh, talking to people, because he's not very. Uh, he's not very aware of certain things when it comes to talking to women. So you're going to have to help him in that. Well, I'll need some help too. So we'll <laughs> along, uh, You can Mark. help each other. You can help each other. Yeah. A six foot three, two 230-pound guy to a 5'9", 150-something. 150-something. You got uh, the gentle giant over here. <laughs> Anyways, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media, my friend? Oh, geez. So... Twitter account is... You don't Turner. seem reassuring there. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you no, don't sound reassuring there. That is my Instagram account. It's Rally, Rally Camel 42 <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you like camels? No, there, there's just a funny story with... Oh. Um, what kind of funny story? Well, I had a friend that played baseball at Auburn, and he told me to change it that because... They had a rally camel in their dugout, and they beat Alabama, like, <laughs> chanting, rally camel, rally camel. So I, I ended up changing my Instagram name to that. I probably change it sometime soon. I'm about to be 18 in, like, six days. So. Oh, happy birthday, man. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, man. What is uh, is your parents buying you a new car or what? No, we're actually uh, going on a fishing trip in South Padre Island. Oh, there so. you go, man. You like fishing. Yeah, I love to fish. That, that's actually real, another reason why I like Navy a lot. They're riding on Annapolis. So. There you oh, go. Okay, yeah. All right. I, I, I love the movie Annapolis, so that's a good movie. So if you ever check it out. They're, they're very known for their boxing, too, the, Na- uh, the Navy over there. So they have a lot of boxing competitions over there. So anyways. Get involved uh, in that, and then uh, Errol will get you on, the, on his MMA show. Absolutely. And I, <laughs> I'm actually, I was actually a, a very well-known amateur boxer, so I can help you out in that uh, category cool. as well. So. Um, anyways, uh, Pat, uh, why don't we get you on in the very near future when, when college starts and, and you're ready, if there is a football season, if not, we'll wait until next year and we'll still, we'll still get you on. We would love to get you on. You're a nice kid. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I, I think you're going to do very, very well in Navy and the fact that you're going to, you know, you're, you're stepping in, uh, to a situation where you're going to not only fight for a country, you're, mm. you're. You're over there, uh, you know, representing one of the big emblems of what we we believe in from the Army to the Navy to the Marine Corps to the Air Force. So I really appreciate you uh, joining us. And 
hoping that you can come on the show in the near future, my friend. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Patrick, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Patrick Turner, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Navy linebacker recruit. Nice kid. Really, really mm-hmm. nice kid. Um, uh, definitely looking forward to getting him on again. Uh, trying to get his personality out there. But nevertheless, he's a big fan of us now. So mm-hmm. he's going to listen to our hockey, our hockey takes, and hopefully we're wrong about Dallas, okay? Hopefully we're wrong. So I'd love to put a smile on his face, man. I would love to see him smile. So we'll see. Anyways, when we come back, we will have and we will be talking to Linfield University offensive guard recruit Matthew Metcalf here on Down to the Wire. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Six three one nine six five four nine nine zero. This is Down to the Wire. We are live. Every single Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can reach us and call us at 631-965-4990. And you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I want to give a shout-out to Patrick Turner. Great interview. Great kid. Really is. And, Speedy, how many times do I have to tell you? When you are trying to be a DJ, you always smooth out of the music. Not just shut it off. Okay? That is terrible. That's terrible... I don't know. I'm, we're trying to teach you something, and I don't know where you are when it comes to DJing. You are definitely not a DJ. Anyways, we have our second guest on the show, and I'm very excited to have him. We are now talking to Linfield University offensive guard, Matthew Metcalf. What's going on, Matt? How you doing, guys? Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. Are you a better DJ than this guy? Because if you are, I'll hire you, because this guy's terrible. I mean, I can learn. I'm pretty adaptable. So, oh, well, I, hopefully, you don't make as many mistakes. I, as pe- I peaked on the weekend crunch, obviously. <laughs> oh, you peaked all right. Yeah. Eric was even praising me for that. Really, Eric? Yeah. Eric, yeah. Oh, wow. He, he complimented me on the music choice. Well, that was about it. That was about it. Your I told you I peaked on the weekend crunch. You, you peaked, but you you need to learn how to blend. Okay, slowly mellow out into the music. Anyways, um, anyways, Matt. How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? I'm doing good. I actually uh, worked all summer, and my family hasn't been impacted much by it, but we're all doing well. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Uh, and, and You've been playing for uh, Linfield University for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What was it like uh, when Linfield came and sat down and talked to you and your family about coming and playing, co- playing uh, Division Three football with Linfield? Uh, they actually like make sure we know that it's a family atmosphere and their biggest thing they want us to do is get a degree in four years and have one of the most prestigious like um, degrees in all of Oregon. And I know Linfield's a great college and while having great academics, this has the longest winning streak in the country. And that, that was super uh, important for me. You uh, you talk about Division Three. Obviously, the path to the NFL is going to be a lot tougher for a Division Three team. 
And again, we've seen some instances of it. Most recently, Ali Marpet, who I'll get to later, who was a second-round pick. Well, actually, one of the Giants to draft if they didn't end up getting Landon Collins in that draft. So, what do you think the journey will be like in being a? You, know, you played two years already uh, for your school. What do you, are you thinking about that kind of journey? And if so, what do you think it would take? Uh, I have been thinking about it. Uh, I'm a little undersized to be an offensive lineman. I'm not that tall, uh, but it, I'll keep the door open to it to make sure I. If to keep the route going there, you have to keep your mind open to things and make sure you reach out to coaches and people you know to get your path there. Sheldon, uh, uh, he comes from Sheldon High School. What is up with you in names? Comes from Sheldon High School. You go from Sean to, I mean, (laughs) you're all over the place, man. He's the Division Three guy. Jeez, man. I mean, it's a a little bit hard to If it's not Speedy screwing up on blending music, it's you calling people completely different names. I I mean, I'm lost. Well, at least now I can can refer to them in different ways. I am lost. From Sheldon High School. Now, Sheldon, where is that located? It's located in Eugene, just like a couple miles down from U of O. And it said you competed in track and field for your size. Was it what 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 type of, of things did you compete with? Did you were you uh, involved in track, like uh, sprinting or javelin or what? Um, in high school, I actually did um, football, basketball, uh, wrestling, and track. Wrestling from sophomore year on, and basketball only freshman year. But for track, I did. Uh, shot put, javelin, hammer, and disc in high school. And now in college, I'm doing just javelin and hammer. And so what, what do you like about, exactly about the javelin? How, do you, how would you prepare to throwing a javelin? I mean, what, what are the things that you would throw in instead if you didn't have one? Uh, you can't really throw much besides a javelin for that kind of thing. But there has been people that uh, have carved sticks and just prepare themselves to throw something long and just... Be explosive. That's the main thing for javelin. Be explosive and be high twitch. Where, where exactly do you get your power from? You get it more from your legs or you get it more from your upper body? It's more from your legs. It's actually more of a whip, and your legs are actually driving you to the end of the runway, and it's all coming down in one big force, and it's whipping through your arm, and it should be 80% legs, 10, 20% arm. As you guys know, we are talking to Linfield University offensive guard Matthew Metcalf. Now, Matthew, how tall are you? I'm six one, maybe six two. Depends on the day. Oh, <laughs> but well, you know, well, you're sixty five. Well, we could put we could put Speedy as your platform, and you can throw two or three inches. What do you think about that? Yeah. Like we'll tie him to the bottom of your feet. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good to me. Well, six two, you could be a guard in the NFL. Absolutely. I've seen guards at, at six foot, six foot two, very successful guards in the NFL. Actually, Hall of Famers that have made it to the NFL at six two and been very successful at the guard position. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't like Bruce Matthews or something. Bruce one Matthews of the, one was of yep. under three hundred pounds and like six two. Wasn't Sat- to... Saturday too? He was a center. Yeah, Jeff right. Saturday. Jeff Saturday was six two, six one, very successful NFL player, a Hall of Famer. Jeff Saturday yep. Yep. is going to be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So you could play in the NFL. It it all takes uh, heart and determination. If you have the heart and determination, you could do it. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Now, when when you decided to uh, play college football, now you could you probably had an opportunity uh, to get scholarships in other um, other schools playing other sports. What made you decide to go to Linfield University out of all the other schools that were interesting? Probably a Division II or maybe even a, a Division I school that might have wanted you for track. 
I actually uh, fell in love with the atmosphere at Linfield. So, like, I mean, the coaches, the players, when I went on my visit, they all made me feel like I was wanted and home. And I was being told by my coach that he seriously wants me and I'm high, high on his list. And so I, I wanted to go play for someone who wanted me the most. You know, you're high, I, I'm high on your list and you're high on my list. I'm hooking you up as my producer, my new producer, because I think you could blend music better than this guy over here. What do you say about that? I mean, I, I'm down for that. No, oh, there you go. So I'll teach you a little uh, DJing skills, and then you know when you when you uh, graduate from school, you can come and work for me. There you go. There you I go. Like <laughs> so I was mentioning earlier Ali Marpet as being the last D three, this last successful D three to go into the NFL. Is he somebody that you model your game around as an offensive guard? And he's a versatile guy. He can also play center. He can also play tackle. Is he somebody you model your game around watching him and maybe give you the confidence that somebody at the D three level can be drafted in the NFL and be a good player in the NFL? And and also, are there any other influences that you might have? I haven't watched his film much, but it was a pretty go, pretty inspirational for see to see a D three athlete go that high around. And some guy I really model my game after, and he's pretty young, but it's Quentin Nelson. I mean, that guy's the most dominant NFL lineman right now. And watching him play my position, it's fun to watch. He's not that big either. I think he's six three. Yeah, he's more of a technique guy. So, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's yeah. big and strong. He's got strong mm-hmm. hands. Technique. Strong hands. I I heard Quentin. Quentin Nelson could break it. Uh, what did what did he, he could put an ache? Uh, not an acorn. What do they call those? Um, walnuts. Uh, walnuts between his between his fingers and break them wow. with his fingers. So Jeez. that's that's how strong that kid is. So uh, you you don't necessarily have to be big to play the position. You just have to technically be sound, and you can do it. I, I believe anybody could do anything if you put your mind to it. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's one thing I really focus myself on is quick feet and technique, and that's what. Helps me dominate. I mean, I'm not going to overstrength you. I'm not going to uh, be that guy who's just so much bigger than you. I'm just going to out-technique you and outsmart you. So, Matt, what professional teams are you interested in that you've grown up in Oregon uh, that you that you follow currently? Um, I'm actually a Packers fan. Another Packers, like Packers fan. Wow, oh, look at this. Two on the same show. Yeah. Two on yeah, the same aren't even show. From, aren't even from we got to hook them up. We got to hook them up as friends, man. One exactly. going to Navy, one's in Linfield. I mean, one defense, pack of fans. Yeah, there you go. No, they're both defensive players. Oh, he's offensive, offensive player. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes, you're you right. talking about me getting the names. Oh, wrong. listen. You, you want to know something, man? <laughs> Get the position listen, right, Al. I'm sweating, man. I, I, this humidity is killing me it is, right though. now. It, it is, is absolutely no fed in here. It's, it's really hard. You guys, you got the light on you. It's much well, worse. Here's the problem. When you're in the studio. You can't have any fan, and you can't have any air conditioning on because it takes the sound. It, it drives the sound through the, the system. So you can't have it. So we blast the air conditioning <laughs> before the show, and then all of a sudden we're in the studio. We're sweating our butts off throughout the two-hour show. So unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to deal with an angry Errol. Okay? <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, seeing your background there, the American flag and, and being part, you know, growing up in, in Oregon, what, what's the society like in there? What's your town like? Uh, could you tell us something about where you come from? Uh, I'm actually from Eugene, Oregon. So it's a, a decently large town. So, I mean, I've never dealt with any uh, adversity or anything like that. So I've always grown up to be patriotic. My dad was served in the Navy, actually. Mm-hmm. So Figure that one out. Uh, we, just inter- yeah. we, just, we just interviewed a guy that's going to Navy. Going so there you go. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, so I always believe in, like Patrick said, be colorblind and just love everyone around you, and that's the best way to 
not be hated at all and just to be uh, a good person to others. And did you ever think about playing, like, when you grew up, did you imagine playing college football or is there some other sport that you wanted to play? Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to do track and football in college no matter where I went. And that was, that's what I've always dreamed about. Well, his, I, I know I read a little bit about him. He also, you know, his career when he's, when he's done with school, he, his dreams is to be a male stripper, right? Exactly. See, I, <laughs> see, I didn't want to bring that up. I figured you just tell I, us. I, yeah. I, I knew <laughs> it. I, I didn't want to say it until we move forward with our questions. That's not that's a question you normally ask. You have to say it himself. Well, he did. Mark, he did. Mark, put him on the spot. Mark, yeah, Mark that, yeah. only, only Errol's allowed to say. It would have been way too awkward if I said it. If you ever watch our show, Matt, I am a little outlandish and crazy. So, um, <laughs> that's unfortunately, right. that's, why, that's how we uh, keep people watching and keep people occupied. So, there you go. So you mentioned you grew up in Eugene, Oregon, which is where the or University of Oregon is. Have you only had any experiences going to their games, seeing their games, and some of the great players they've had uh, over the years? Because they were one of the they were the best team in the Pac-12 for a long time, and that was probably a lot when you were a kid. So, what were some of those experiences like? Yeah, I went to many games as a kid. Usually two to three games a year. I mean, watching guys like Jake Fisher, Marcus Mariota, and all those guys, great teams, some of the greatest in the country every year. And watching Chip Kelly's offense just run on teams all, all day long. It was pretty exciting to watch. We are talking to Linfield University offensive guard Matthew, a.k.a. male stripper Metcalf. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mark. But Joey Harrington, a guy that went to Oregon, is uh, from the area. Does he still in the community? Did you watch him growing up? Or obviously a little too before your time. He was right as I started watching football and uh, – he was exciting to watch for sure. I mean, he's one of the greatest players in Oregon history, and I know he's done a lot for our community, and he still is doing things for our community. So you you choose them over Oregon State. I know there's a pretty huge rivalry there. Oh, for sure, definitely all Oregon. You know, it's funny because we we had the starting future tight end for Oregon and starting future tight end for Oregon State on two different shows, and I want to have a TikTok <laughs> dance-off. So if we could find an offensive lineman that go against you on a TikTok dance-off, do you think you will uh, dance off for us uh, on our TikTok, uh, TikTok uh, state? I mean, not to be too braggy, but I feel like I'm a pretty good dancer. Really? Myself. Really? Uh, we already know he's a better <laughs> DJ. Really? I mean, if you find, can find someone, I'll challenge him for uh, sure. Uh, I could find somebody, actually, and uh, I will take that bet on that. And I'll tell you this, whoever wins the – and I, we're going to have – what I'm trying to do right now, I'm talking to Jillian about it. We're trying to get a lot of these recruits. We have some of the top recruits. I want to get, like, a competition and have a round robin and <laughs> put them against each other all the way to the finals. And the winner will – you know, I'll give, like, a $500 um, – A dance competition? Yeah, a dance competition and post it up on TikTok and throughout our social media. That I think it would really get some views. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of, the, a lot of these kids have a, their own personalities, mm -hmm. and I'd like to see them bring out their personalities. So uh, they'll, they'll be, like, a 500-winning uh, – um, prize or something like that i'll figure something out but i already talked to jillian about that so would you be interested in joining us for sure i'm all about competition so, so what, 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 what type of music would you dance to then would it be like classic rock any or type, would it be rap? any type or, or any type really what, wow. what kind of music I'm do you I'm listen to myself could you get down <laughs> to beethoven then maybe <laughs> hey you never know i mean a slow dance maybe so you have a cowboy hat do you have one over there I do. Let's see it. Let's see your cowboy hat. I want to see this thing. <laughs> I have to see this thing. I'm sorry. Uh, your cowboy boots, cowboy hats. I mean, well, 
while, while we wait for him to come back. There, there, it, is. Is. there, there is. it is. There he yeah. is. Look at that hat, man. Look at that yeah, hat. Are you, Clint Eastwood? It's <laughs> <laughs> a little small on my head now because of my hair, but yeah. I mean, hey, man, when you're, when, with this pandemic, you have to grow the hair out. I mean, seriously. Exactly. But, uh, you know, cool. hopefully if you came to New York, we're all about our fades over here. You would have to get a fade. You'd have oh, to exactly. get a fade. Yep. Absolutely. Soon. <laughs> so, by the way, when we were talking about the, uh, the, the TikTok thing, I think Carlton Lorenz, he was from Oregon, too. So maybe it'll yep. be those two. <laughs> that would be good. I, I think it would be really, really fun to see some of you guys bring out your personalities. And I think uh, we, we, had, we were interviewing uh, Devin Kirkwood, and he is the 13th uh, top prospect in the country. And we had a conversation. His mom came in, and she says, well, what is he going to get out of it? I said, well, I don't know what he's going to get out of it. We don't know yet. But uh, uh, I did promise him that if he gets four to five interceptions his first year of football, that I will send him a six-month supply of gummy bears, which is his favorite snack to eat. Well, so, so let me ask you this question, my friend. When you look at your, your background, your family life, and, and everything about who you are as a person – what made you decide to play football in college from all the other sports? Um, I think it's the greatest atmosphere and the biggest family type. You can get the most connections through football. And I always had the deepest love for football out of any other sport. What, what, what's your favorite professional football team? The, the Green Bay, Bay Packers. Packers. I forgot. I forgot it. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And who's who? Out of all the teams, you getting to you. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> who are the, What is the team that you hate the most in football? Team that I hate the most. Um, I ahead. mean, say it. Say it. Chicago for sure. Chicago. I, mean, I would have thought oh, that's another team I don't really like. But I, I was going to say up there. I was going to say recently with all the playoff losses they have to them, it has to be the 49ers. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, like oh the, yeah, Bears and Packers that's, that's just historically. They're always seeming finding a way to beat us by a lot. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you mentioned now that being a Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers basically is the whole franchise. Have you been disappointed in the way that they have not been able to win a championship since 2010? I mean, you had that loss in in Seattle, which was probably the worst of of them all. Uh, do you do you think that Rodgers is better than Brett Favre? Or do you view Brett Favre as being? Uh, a personal favorite more than you do Rodgers. He's too young to watch Brett. Well, I said, but he's Favre is a legendary. Watching was as a kid was Brett Favre. Yeah, but I, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm a fan of efficiency, and that's the way he is. I mean, barely throws like five interceptions a year, and I think he's a top three quarterback in the league every year. What about your dad? Is he more of a Brett Favre guy or is he a Rodgers guy too? He's actually a 49ers fan. Oh so. wow. <laughs> So how did you so, become yeah, a Packers so fan? Yeah. If your dad's a Niners fan, how did you become a Packers fan? Uh, my uncle actually is a huge uh, Packers fan. Oh, so you went your dad. father, you went to your uncle's route, not so your against your dad. Yeah. Yeah. He introduced me to football when I was a kid. So. Really? And so your oh, father, yeah. I should so have done how it. does that? How does that work when you're watching a Packers versus a 49ers uh, and you're watching them in the playoffs? How, how does that work with you and your father watching the same game? Uh, usually, it just uh, ends up with me yelling at the screen and him just. <laughs> Sitting back laughing. <laughs> well, the Packers usually, you know, it's, it, 
really the last year was the first time we saw the 49ers in the in the Super Bowl in over almost 30 years. No, they were in no, Super they were Bowl. They may lost the Ravens. The Ravens. That's right. With uh, Jim ha- uh, Jim Harbaugh. And yes. they beat the Packers in the playoffs that that's year right. too. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Yes, yeah. that's true. That was Kaepernick's coming out party that game. Yeah, he had what 181 rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let him up. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, and now uh, Kaepernick is not playing for anybody. But I mean, he did what I should have done. I shouldn't have been a Jets fan. My dad was. I should have just rooted for somebody else. Why? Why is that? Because they lose. Being at its fifty years in my whole lifetime that they've never won. Well, uh, I'm a Jet fan, and uh, unfortunately, I've watched a lot of losing here in New York. No matter what team I rooted for, I mean, New York for some reason, no matter where, it's the number one place when it comes to sports, and everybody wants to come and look at the great shiny lights. But uh, for some reason, New York sports has not been on top of the globe for almost uh, I don't know. 10, 15 years, so it's not something to watch. It's not something to be proud of being here from New York. Maybe more from Oregon than it is from New York. How's that sound? Yeah, we don't have an NFL team here. So well, that's fine, but you're a Green Bay Packer fan, and they have a better chance yeah. of winning than the Jets do, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. As you guys know, we are talking to Linfield University offensive guard Matthew Metcalf. Now, Matthew, we do this all the time, and I'm sure you listen to uh, Patrick Turner's interview, so we're going to ask you some silly questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Question number one. Boxers or briefs, and why? Uh, I wear boxer briefs myself, but I would say boxers, a little more airflow. Really? So, you, yeah. so you, you're going to go with boxers, because you want more airflow, uh, you know, with the sweat over there. A little more free. Yeah. yeah, a little free, you know, hang to the ground. You know, we, we all know about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, question number two. I want to get off yeah. topic on that one. Uh, question number two. Please, he says. <laughs> <laughs> too much information. I'll tell you, Matt. I, what I do to this kid after the show, <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I punish him. I punish him. I punish him. You know, so <laughs> it, it is very, very funny. I, actually, if you follow us on Snapchat, you, you'll have the opportunity to see some of the things I do to this kid. It's just more <laughs> the casual conversation, things you just casually say, like, like you're, yeah. you're walking down to the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> if I was walking down to the mailbox and asked the questions that I asked this kid, I think I'd get shot. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Question number two, favorite snack to eat before games, and why? Before every game, we, uh, our team gives us uh, Gatorade protein bars, so that's probably my favorite snack right before a game. Hmm. We had Gatorade chews last week from CJ, now Gatorade protein We get those bars as well, so yeah, those oh, are my two I, favorites. I, I like Gatorade chews. It's too, that's too boring, Matt. You got to come up with something else. I mean, man, he's a I, big I, man. I get, my stomach gets upset pretty easily, so I can't go to Wingstop well, like Patrick can. Yeah. Exactly. See, that wasn't boring. Well, you know what? Now we yeah, know Patrick's. Now we know what Patrick's <laughs> secret is. Like maybe he, Taco Bell or White Castle. That would have been a little more exciting. He, he wants to smell the line. You know what I mean? He wants the line to smell uh, his take of tackle. There you go. So wingsing <laughs> things are definitely uh, a place to go. Nice, hot, and spicy. Uh, question number three: Blondes or brunettes, and why? I mean, I kind of have to say brunette because I have a, a girlfriend who's brunette. Oh, but, yeah? How long have you yeah. been together? Uh, four months. Four months, man. Oh, that's yeah. a long time, man. Uh, <laughs> where'd you meet her? School? Yeah, she actually was on the track team with me. Really? Really? What did she run? She's actually a javelin thrower. There you go. So uh, she tall, she's small, she's thin. What, what, do we, what do we got here? She's 5'9", so she's pretty tall. Oh, okay, okay. Can she compete with you by throwing a javelin, or do you still out-distance her? What's that? Can she compete with you with throwing a javelin, or do you still out-distance her? 
I mean, she could try, but I, I distance her for sure. You want to give her a name so you could give her some uh, publicity over here? Uh, Megan Palace. All right. Uh, you want to say I love you? Uh, uh-huh. what, you want to? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to throw one little bus there. I don't care. Okay. Question number four. Okay, if you had a weapon to hit Speedy with, what would it be? A hockey stick, a baseball bat, or the back of your hand? <laughs> um, back of the hand is a little more disrespectful than anything, mm-hmm. so I, I'd have to give him the respect. Go for a baseball bat. A more. <laughs> I could see that being more respectful. I do. Yeah. I do. You, you could do a lot of things with a baseball bat. I'm surprised you didn't go for any of the, the, the things you could throw in a, tra- in a track meet. You probably hit you with a javelin from 100 That'll feet. That'll stab me. <laughs> <laughs> what is the craziest thing you've ever done in your entire life? Becoming a come in a show. <laughs> yeah, for sure coming this show. And, uh, That's right. Um, I mean, I haven't done a ton of crazy things in my life. I know that's a pretty boring answer, but mm. I mean, I live my life to the fullest in any way I can, but not try to hurt myself in any way. You want to hear a crazy thing that I used to do, man? I uh, when was I good. was when I was your age, I was about I was turning eighteen. My friends wanted to. Play a practical joke. Now, I've never drank anything in my entire life. I never drank anything besides, besides this particular session of what happened. I didn't start drinking or didn't drink anything till the age of 23 after this. I, turn, I was turning 18, and my friends, I'm a, I'm a Slurpee guy. I love 7-Eleven. I love Slurpees. Okay, so you, you want to get me, you want to make me to be, you want me to uh, be happy? Just buy me a Slurpee, and I'll be very happy. I don't know if they have 7-Elevens in Oregon. What? I don't think we do. Yeah, yeah we, we have do. Okay. okay, so what type of flavor are you? Circle K. You like? So my my friend, I remember Jimmy, Sal, and Paul. They bought me uh, a cherry Slurpee, and they put Bacardi rum inside my cherry Slurpee. <laughs> now I thank you for at that. At first, idea. at first I didn't. You know, it tasted tangy, and I knew there was some kind of deficiency taste to it. But I kept drinking it. You know what I mean? It was it was a hot summer day. Well, what happened was is I got really, really drunk, and my friends dared me to go up to this girl's house. Her name was Melissa, and they dared me to do it naked with a cowboy hat over my um, private areas. Okay, <laughs> so uh, it was eight o'clock at night. It was not quite dark yet, and I was walking down the street with nothing on my feet, uh, butt ass naked, and I knocked on this girl's door and. Her father answered the door with me, butt-ass naked. Um, just say this. I never ran so fast in my entire life down the block. This man's mother, well, this, this man and his, his wife ran down. She ran after me down the, down the street with a broom, okay? He drove. He wanted to get me. He was looking for me. I had to hop over a fence into the, the lake, and hide under the trussle under the lake for an hour. And I'm telling you right now, I was freezing my ass off. And I had a the only thing I had blocking my private areas was a, a, a straw cowboy hat. Yeah, but he didn't tell you what happened to the cowboy hat. He wound up selling it. It wound up in Oregon. Mm, I don't know about that. But uh, <laughs> I, 
I was uh, I was pretty embarrassed about that. Uh, after that, I never drank anything again until the age of twenty three. So I learned my lesson. And he still only drinks once a year. I only drink once a year. So I don't I don't really drink. I wouldn't say that's the reason why I don't drink, but uh, I have this uh, spike a Slurpee. <laughs> I do not want to spike a Slurpee. I, I've done enough spiking a Slurpee. I, I will do crazy things when I get drunk. Okay, so I try to stay away from doing anything stupid. So there you go. Anyways, um, before we let you go, because um, I, I I love your personality, and I definitely want to do this TikTok thing with you. I I, right. I I think it would be great. To me. Who was the the person in your family that really pushed you to play sports? Was it was it your mother? Was it your father? Was it your uncle? Who who was the person that really pushed you to live your dream and and go and play college football uh, and get a scholarship and do what you do right now at um, Linfield University? It was actually my father. He's been a coach for me ever since I was a little kid. Started football in fifth grade, and ever since then he's been coaching me every year. And no matter way he can he can try to help me he was actually my javelin coach as well so and my wrestling coach so he's definitely been the person that encouraged me the most wow so uh you must have a small school so your father's coaching you in all different sports (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding he finds a way to get coached hey listen listen my father was never my i was very lucky i had the athletic ability my father was never into sports so he never he used to come to hockey games and people say wow your son's great i was like i'm He'd be sitting here. He'd be eating his grapefruit or something. He'd be like, "Yeah, well, uh, good, good for him." <laughs> I, I mean, my father didn't understand the game of hockey. But these little insights to your life tell us a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. Unfortunately, it does. But you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I, I'm a host of a radio show. You know. Anyways, uh, Matt, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Uh, my. Uh... My account is called Matt Metcalf seventy one, and Metcalf is spelled M E T C A L F. Are you related to DJ Metcalf? <laughs> uh, I mean, resemblance is pretty close, but Eric Metcalf, second cousins maybe. <laughs> oh man, I love having fun, man. I love it. I love it. Anyways, uh, I would love to get you back on the show. Uh, do you think you're gonna have a football season this year for D one D D three? Uh, for right now, we're uh, pushed back to the spring. Really? And we're looking at a full season yet, but we're looking to have some games for sure. Well, I, I would love to get you on when the season starts. Uh, I will have Jillian reach out to you because I think you would be great for TikTok. You say you're a great you're, dancer. We have the tight ends duel, and we have now the offensive lineman duel if you get him and Lorenz. I think I'm going to have a $500 grand prize. <laughs> a, nice, a nice bracket so, of each position. So you guys will earn you, you guys will earn something. Whoever wins will get something out of it. So it's not going to just be a competition, where, stuff like that. I will have some kind of like a, award where a reward where if you um, – if you win or whoever wins gets a $500 reward or something, I'll figure it out. But I would love to get a round robin of like 20 guys, 30 guys to do this. I think it would be really, really funny. We'll post it up. We'll have fans vote. Um, and I think it would be great. I, I think it really put, a, put you guys on a pedestal, especially some of you guys that are, are looking to go play professional football and for people to get to know your personalities because uh, all of you guys are very unique. So, and I, I've, I've learned a lot about you guys, not only um, who you guys are as people, not on and off the field, but learn your personalities of what kind of music you like, uh, um, how many times you want to smack the hell out of Speedy. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of things that I've learned about you guys. But uh, I, really, I really appreciate you joining us, and I will have Jillian reach out to you, my friend. 
Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I'll make sure to practice my TikTok dances. Oh, you better, man. You yeah. better because this is this is a competition. There will be a reward. I promise you that. So you will have the opportunity to win something. We got, we got, we got the tight ends and the offensive linemen. So we need we need multiple from each position. Not only will you get not only will you get a wonderful five hundred dollar prize, you'll get an autograph by me, which is going to be worth a lot of money in the it's future. Better. It's more you know, I, I'll, I'll even right. sign my name and and I'll, I'll write a nice little story to you on a baseball hat. How's that sound? Yeah. That sounds good to me. Uh, there you go. And you can put it in. You can wear it just like your cowboy hats. You know? Exactly. I'll put it on top of my cowboy hat. There you go. Just don't, it's worth just don't wear it where Arrow wore his cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to wear it where I wore my cowboy hat. Well, it wasn't mine. It was my French straw cowboy hat. It was uh, really. All I, right. It was in your possession. At the I time. still have that hat, by the way. Oh, I still have that hat. I have it. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do have that hat. I, I forget where I put it. I put it in one of my boxes. It's stored away. But. It is a funny story, and we all signed the hat after I did that. So, oh God, what? What do you? What do you, you throw out that marker? <laughs> I didn't. I we didn't. I don't even remember what we wrote it with. Uh, it was a magic marker. How how is the magic marker going to work after twenty something years? Fair enough. There you go, Speedy. Come on, Speedy. <laughs> use logic here. Anyways, Matt, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you. It was a great time. Absolutely, and we're going to get you on again, man. TikTok wonder, baby. We're going to call right. this the TikTok wonder competition. Sounds good to me. There we go. We got the cowboy himself, a.k.a. Mr. Man Stripper, right over there. We got him right there. Uh, that's what he's going to be doing in his private life. Uh, hopefully his girlfriend doesn't know about that. Anyways, <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, we were just talking to Linfield University offensive guard Matthew Metcalf. Nice kid. Really, really nice kid. Um, personality right there. Um, both kids, great, great kids. Um, uh, we're not going to go to a break because uh, we're going to give you the opportunity to have Mark It Up. So, Speedy? This is Mark It Up. Mark It Up. Mark It Up. Mark It Up. You ready? Sure. Sure is that a sure is in yes? A sure is in your sure yes? I am ready. All right. Here we go. So, with the NHL playoffs now starting, and this game is still going into third overtime. Third overtime. And I, I just saw Tampa Bay have great scoring chances where uh, Columbus was able to stop them in overtime. But I, I think that just the whole thing, me and you talked about this the other day, uh, with each season, I think hockey is a little more legitimate. I think when you talk about the type of champion that they're going to have, I think when you look at baseball, just with the Cardinals the last week or so having to delay their games, you see what happens with the Marlins being unable to play some of their games and where there's now a delay uh, or the, the difference. I mean, the commissioner said that there, he'd be okay with there being an unequal amount of games. And that, that's what happened in 1981 when you had both your teams with the best record, overall record, not make the playoffs. So I think when you're having seven inning games, okay, seven inning doubleheaders, to me, I would much rather play, if I was a manager, I'd much rather play two games on one day that are seven innings and not tax my bullpen than one game which you could use like four or five relievers because now relievers don't go more than six, five, six innings anyway. So you, you could take a guy like DeGrom, you can go a, a complete game in a seven-inning doubleheader. Most of, of the team's one-two starters could go seven innings. And I think that, that way you, have, you knock out two games and also you save part of your bullpen. And then you know, now, with the way the rosters are, I think you have another couple of days before they go and reduce it to 26, or they might have reduced mm-hmm. it uh, this past week. 
But I, I think they need to stay at the amount of players because if we're going to have the type of thing that we have with the Cardinals, where you have play, a number of players not, not being able to play and then the game's getting delayed, that to me diminishes the type of champion you're going to get because teams aren't playing equal games. I mean, did you ever think you'd have a Major League Baseball game being decided in seven innings? I mean, there's supposed to be a difference. This isn't college. This isn't you know, the minor leagues. I really hope that doesn't happen. No, I mean, I, but just the fact that they're playing them now, they've, they've, they've adjusted so many things to change the way the game has been since 1900. Mm-hmm. So to me, it cheapens the champion that you'll get. I, I think it's, it's good to watch. I'm glad that it's back. I would rather it be back than not be back. But I think if you're identifying, okay, what season can we point at and say, well, maybe this year that wasn't the most legit. Same thing with the playoff system. It doesn't matter. We talked about right. this too. It doesn't matter if you go sixty, you know, fifty-three and seven and win your division. You're going to have the same uh, chance to get knocked off as the guy team that goes say twenty and and forty, you know, and, and somehow manages to make the, the postseason because you have eight teams from each league right. making the postseason. You could have the top two in each division and then two wild cards. So you could get a team. May I don't know about ten games under five hundred, but you know that finishes under five hundred. What incentive is there really to play consistently throughout the regular season? You just want to make sure that you're prepared for the postseason. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no advantage to winning all your games. There's no advantage to stressing out your bullpen, stressing out your pitchers. You could see more games. Than I don't think the Mets did this on purpose, but you know, yesterday losing sixteen to four. At that point, you know, just you know. Position players were pitching. <laughs> yeah, throw in anybody. It didn't matter. I mean, that, that game's over. He moved to the next game. I, I think you have to play the long game for a short season, if that makes any sense. Because mm. you're, you're not – too many teams are going to make the postseason now where there, and there's absolutely no advantage. Because the other thing is is that there's no home field – I know you get to bat last, but the real advantage during the regular season of batting last was having, if it went to extra innings, getting that runner on second base and then being the last team to bat – but that rule goes away for the postseason. Well, it also makes it so, easier for, to deal with closer situations, too, where if you're the road team, you have to save your closer a lot yeah. of time. Well, that, yeah, I, I, but I, I think that there's really not that big of, a, of an advantage anymore, it being that there's no fans and you're playing, you, you, you'd be playing in a stadium that you know, there's complete quiet. So all these things now you know, factor into it. If there's not enough that you get three home games in the first round, that you make winning your division totally useless. What, what do you think? Well, I think to an extent also you got to look at, you're right, where they're micromanaging pitchers already early in the season. Right. I, now the other thing, too, is that could lead teams to get overconfident, too. And then they go overconfident, they lose early on, and then all of a sudden you want to get those pitchers going, but then their pitchers are out of their r- rhythm. So mm-hmm. it's a very tricky dilemma. The other factor to look at, too, is the... The runner on sec with the runner at second rule. Who does that necessarily benefit? And that now the roster construction is different. You want to bring up speed guys. You want to bring up mm-hmm. maybe the, you could have the last hitter up in that lineup, but you you want to have speed guys for the most part uh, in terms of the construction of the team. How does that affect your relief pitchers? How does that affect how many pitchers you have on the roster? Type thing. So I just don't think they. Re- I mean, obviously, when a, a lot of thought went into this, but the whole roster being cut down to me makes no sense. Because you're, go- you're going to have players getting hurt more often. You're going to have big-time players. You know, you have Marcus Stroman opting out when no one thought he would. Just kind of out of the blue. Same thing with Cespedes. I mean, 
figures that only happens to the Mets. But you have you know two guys that were they were depending on to be a big part of the team. I mean, Strowman didn't want to be there for the Mets, and either does Yoannis Espinas. They they both do not like the organization. Yoannis Espinas wants a big, huge contract. Right, regardless, though, they were supposed to be part the team. Thought they would be part, a big part of what they were doing this the year. The team thought it, but and, they didn't. Marcus Stroman didn't. Marcus Stroman didn't want to be yeah, traded to the Mets. That, Everybody knows the story. Right, but that, that to me doesn't matter. I mean, if you're on the team and then you decide not to play, I mean, you know, the team, if the team's going to count on you, what you want to do at that point, if you don't want to play, don't play. No, but that's, but don't, that, that's his decision. He doesn't yeah, want to play. But don't, don't say you're going to, and then the team counts on you, and then you decide not to play. Well, but well, that's not as bad as what the Indians pitchers are doing now. The two of them went out, and now they're violating team rules. And Mike Levenger is one of their best pitchers and one of the best young pitchers in the league. But if it's for the reasons that Errol says, where they just don't want to be there at they don't. all, uh, because they don't, they don't want to be on, on the Mets, then don't, don't play at all. Well, you know? again, when, when it comes to professional sports, uh, the players run the sport. Mm-hmm. It's changed completely from what it was you know, 15, 20 years ago. The, the players run the league, not the owners, not the, the commissioner, not, Especially uh, not the executives or even the, the fans. Yeah. It, it's, it's run by the players. Not just baseball, basketball, hockey, football. It's all transitioning. It's the fan. It's no longer the fans. It's no longer the executives. It's all about the players. But it's become you, a business. But if you're going to miss a season because of COVID, uh, that I get. Okay? But if you're going to miss a season for reasons that you would say that, that, that they just didn't want to be there to begin with, that to me, uh, you know, especially when you tell them, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. They prepare for you to be there. And, I, you know, Strowman, both of them kind of came out of nowhere. So I, I, I think that, that can really hamstring a team as well. So. It, the Mets are already hamstring with, with the fact that Syndergaard is not going to be there, and now uh, you know Degrom is really the only legitimate starter they have. Some of the other starters that you know are just not not performing well. And you saw a match yesterday; it just get absolutely lit up. So I think you have to play uh, for the postseason. Now you got to assume that you're going to be good enough. If you're a team like the Braves, or if you're a team like the Phillies, or or even a team like the Indians or the Rays, you have to. You can't just dominate during the regular season because there's no point to it because it doesn't give you any type of advantage when it comes to playing in the postseason other than maybe gauging how your players are going to do and putting them in specific situations but you want to make sure that come postseason time for game one of that series you have a roster that's healthy you have guys that are rested and that you have your team that you think is going to carry you through the postseason you know like most of these guys figure okay well 60 game season let's start start and, you know, and go right now and, and not hold back anything. But with the playoff system and it really not giving any kind of advantage, I think that, to me, makes it harder to uh, have a legit champion because how, how about, it's so different than it was how about, in other years. How about the Astros yesterday? Yeah. Um, I, I watched the game. I watched bits and pieces of the game, and I saw what happened. Alex Citron was suspended mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for 20 games. This is uh, yeah, the hitting coach of, uh, for the Astros. Now, Here's the problem, and and, and the Houston Astros, uh, I, 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 screaming at Loriano. Uh, first of all, first, first of all, days. the Astros are throwing at players. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a team that not only cheated, and they're getting they're getting thrown out a lot. We we see what's going on with Correa. Correa said his piece about the team and how uh, how immature some of these teams are. Uh, did you see what Joe and, Kelly did? Yeah, I saw. Hey, it. that was hysterical. Yeah, well, but. Why is the hitting coach getting involved in yelling at the player? He it has nothing to do with yeah, it. I don't know. It has nothing to do with him. He he started that whole he brawl. Did. He did. He started that whole brawl. Twenty games. He should have been thrown out 
of the season. There's 60 games or whatever. How many games are left? This guy, this is a coach. Yeah. This is a coach. This is who the players are following. Mm-hmm. And you have him screaming on the bench. He incited him, too. Yeah. I mean, Loyola really didn't want to run, didn't want any part of it. But you say too many Embarrassing. Things. Absolutely yeah. embarrassing. The Astros organization is an embarrassment yeah, as, are. A, as a whole as it they is. Are. When they consider how lucky they are that they didn't have to deal with what they were going to deal with this year. And why are they suspended Loreno? Loreno did nothing. All he did was protect himself. The coach was talking. He went there to protect himself. He started. He instigated everything. Why is he getting suspended? The only reason why they're suspending is because they want to show no matter what, you can't fight right now because of COVID. Well, again, he didn't instigate it. That was a coach. I agree with you. You have leadership. And if your leader and your, the, the guy that your hitters are looking up to because he's the hitting coach, You're you right. should not be suspending the player that had the ball thrown at him. You're right. So why is he getting why is he getting a six game suspension when it had nothing to do with him? If if there wasn't this already thing that they're they're trying to overcome with all these players on the Cardinals getting COVID and the Marlins before that and the Phillies, MLB has got to really try and protect as much as they can. So when something like this happens, they're already dealing with a lot as far as the game. It's disgusting. Cancelled and everything else. Absolutely disgusting. Rob Manford is the worst commissioner in professional sports. Yeah, I, I just think it really wasn't said. They, they could have thought it out as much as they did think it out a little bit better. I just think it just makes this season not really. Uh, when you talk about it's a legit champion, I, I don't think you're going to have a legit champion. It's still fun to watch. It's, it's like still interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, but it's just not. It's, it's just not anything you can compare to what baseball has been. Every season before. How about this story? Um, Gino Smith rips oh, ESPN wow. for story on 2015 of locker Ick, room Ick fights. and Kimpali punching him in the face? Gino Smith rips ESPN. Has Gino Smith not shut up since he's left the New York Jets? I mean, he goes all over he did the place. Peyton Manning's, uh, Eli Manning's streak, though. Uh, what is that? Thank you for reminding that me great? of that. I know. Isn't that, wasn't that worth it for the Giants? Oh, God. That was awful. Well, Gino Smith didn't think it was a bad thing for, for, for the Giants to do that. Yeah, him and Ben McAdoo were the only two. Mm-hmm. Well, I, again, I like Ben McAdoo. Yes. I never thought, whatever, for whatever reason, you defend I, him. For I do. I, I think Ben McAdoo is a good offensive mind. I do. I really do. And if you look at Eli, Mann's, Eli Manning's numbers, his best numbers was when he was the offensive coordinator of the team. So, but, if, but Gino Smith, I mean, he was a guy that – I remember watching him at West Virginia and at some point thinking this guy is going to be a pretty good college – a pretty good NFL quarterback. Yeah, he was a Heisman and, candidate in 2013 and then he until just, he fell off badly. He just dropped right off the board. That's because Mark wanted him as the Jets starting quarterback. Yeah, him and, him and the other guy from Penn State, uh, Hackenberg. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, Christian Hackenberg. Like that. Yeah. Good ha- well, that's what got um, Mackin- um, what's Second Mackin- McCagden fired. Second round. They drafted that guy. Now he's round. trying to, you, you heard Hackenberg. Both of them to, second round. You hear Hackenberg trying to make it to the major leagues like Tebow. You know that? <laughs> well, Tebow baseball. didn't make it to the major leagues. Well, he's play- right now Hackenberg is playing minor league baseball. and He's, he's got to be better than he was at, at, at football. Well, I'm just know. telling you. I don't know. Both sports involve throwing, so. <laughs> well, he's yeah. actually a pitcher. He's actually a pitcher. Well, oh, I wouldn't okay, want to yeah. be a batter. So be like be a, wild remember, thing 2.0. Remember when A.J. Burnett hit like Billy the Marlin with a fastball? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what it would be like with Hackenberg. Randy Johnson pitching. threw it at a freaking dove. Oh, yes, yes but Randy Johnson I, threw oh it with God. accuracy at a dove. The oh dove just God. got in the way. <laughs> I've never seen something explode like that in my life. Uh, that just was... imagine how hard he was throwing that ball. I mean, seriously. Could I throw it at Speedy? Could I have Randy Johnson throw a, fo- uh, a oh, football at Speedy's head? Well, remember when Dave Winfield got fined and jailed for hitting yeah, a seagull when he was in Toronto? Yeah, I remember that. And so those, that was you know, an accident. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, it, 
It was an accident. I, I think. Well, you have. Well, Come on. What are the chances of a baseball player hitting a dove in the well, open field? Lloyd, Lloyd Mosby says there were guys on the Blue Jays that used to go after games and try and try to kill them. Mm, no. I mean, but I mean, not. I'm not saying Dave Winfield is player, a dove but, killer, but it, but they, they were all that. They, there were some guys that liked. I'm going to write know, to Dave Winfield. Thank you for being a dove killer. There, but there were some guys that came from you know specific parts of the country where maybe they, they hunted or 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 would shoot birds. So maybe that was the thing to do. But I, I think that you know you deal with so many of them in that, in that area, especially in the exhibition field. I mean, you remember watching games there? It was like every five seconds. Well, you can insurge this in yeah. something, you know. Anyway, anyways, uh, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will not be here on Thursday. Um, I will be taking care of some business for the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So there will not be a Below the Mic show, which is very, very sad. Um, but we will be back uh, on Friday, me and Anthony Angerosi. We're going to have a great Caged in MMA show lined up for you guys, MMA and boxing and uh, all combat sports. I'm sure Anthony and me will be fighting and arguing, <laughs> as we always do. So uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Um, who do we got here? Uh, no, no, we're not uh, answering that. Um, when we come back on Monday, we have a lot of great, great guests next week. We actually have a very famous comic book writer on Thursday for Below the Mic joining us, which I'm very excited about. I know Jillian's very excited about. She's a big fan of his. Yeah, she was telling me about it earlier. It's her, her favorite show. It's one of the uh, – it's Winona Earp. It's on sci-fi. Mm. Mm. He was the one who wrote the comic book for that. It's her favorite show. She's a big fan of him. And, uh, what a great job she's done, huh? What happened? What a great job she's done. Him and her and, uh, oh, Jillian. Yeah. Jillian was a good pick for you, man. Jillian and Ricky. Well, man. It wasn't me. It was, uh, they, it was they, you. They, 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 uh, it was you. They, they, it was you. I'll give you some compliment. It was you. Well, thank you. It was you, man. You want, you want to dance for me? You want to dance? Maybe a little later. A little later? I don't, I don't know if you're in a dancing mood. How about, I can dance. I can dance. how about your dog? How about your dog, Sammy? You think he can dance? I can dance. Uh, you know, he can hobble. Dad and Sammy can't walk. Oh, well, so. there you go. Anyways, uh, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I like to, I'd like to thank... Uh, white. I like white to thank... White to thank... What do we got here? I do. I do. Yeah, well, with Wesky Webbit. I'd, li- <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank Navy linebacker recruit Patrick Turner for joining us at 6.30. And I definitely would like to thank... Uh, Linfield University offensive guard Matthew Metcalf. Shout out to Jillian and Ricky uh, for the great job they're doing. Dante, too. You guys are great. Uh, all the different, uh, different hardworking interns that we have. I really appreciate all you guys. If you guys don't know, um, I, I really do appreciate everybody that uh, works really, really hard for this network. Uh, uh, speaking of our shows, the, B, the BS Sports Show, which will be jo- uh, tonight at 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. two-hour show. I'm sure they're going to have a great show lined up for you guys on uh, uh, the Wise Guys, which is on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. The Sports Hit List, which is on tomorrow. Uh, actually, it was on today. The Sports Hit List? Oh, that's tomorrow. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Today, today's Tuesday. He's okay. getting into him, Speedy. It's, it's, it's way too long. Listen, if you do as much as I do, hot. that would be something else for you. It's way too hot. The Weekend Crunch, obviously me and Eric Coleman every single Saturday on 103.9. Off the Mat, our great wrestling show with Josh and Alex. And Weapons Hot with C.J. Desimone and his Weapons of Destruction. <laughs> oh, well, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back, yes, on Friday. I will be back on Friday. Speedy will be back on Monday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy PD and Mark Kelly saying goodnight, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.